Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Monday Night's Rangers uh, Rabble Podcast. I'm joined by Wilf and Mark. How are we doing, lads? All right? Hi, fine, Robert. Uh, I was kind of at froze there for you. <laughs> <laughs> people, people are wondering why I'm in the top left, how this chance has got a chance at hosting this thing. So uh, Martin's gave me the, oh, the keys to the house. So brilliant. Oh, now, listen, lads, thanks for, for joining me in my... My first uh, attempt at uh, holding the podcast, delighted. Um, we're going to do uh, a bit about uh, Saturday's game, obviously. That's where we'll start. But just before I actually delve into the game, I was just wondering, based on Wednesday night at Tynecastle, how were you guys feeling pre-match leading into the game, Mark? I, I, do you know what? Under Beal, I'm no, I'm no, no mega confident, but I'm no. Thinking to myself, under Gio, I was, oh, this could be iffy and this could be a banana skin. Under Beal, I, I don't get that at all. Under Beal, I think to myself, do you know what? I'm 100% sure we're going to get three points here, which is a, is a big uh, a, a big shift for me. As I said, it was a, a game against the likes of Hearts under Gio. I'd be like, oh, I'm no... Uh, I'm no um, Looking forward to this, but no, no, I, I, I feel I feel confident going into most games now. To be perfectly honest, under Bill, I think we're uh, what what signs of improvement. No, definitely. Um, I think the manager himself had said you're not going to get that Tyne Castle performance week in week out, Wolf. So um, with Ross County coming in and putting men behind the ball, it was always going to be a different kind of affair, wasn't it? Yeah, it's always going to be harder because we we still struggle to break the. Teams that come and sit in because we just don't have the players that break down teams that come and sit in. I mean, manager said himself, we're trying to score the perfect goal. We need to stop trying to score the perfect goal. But I mean, before the game, I was supremely confident until I bumped into some baldy guy in the club deck concourse who put me right on a downer. Didn't you, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> it's not often you meet somebody as handsome as me. You know what I mean? It's... it's, <laughs> it's uh, Obviously, perts up your day, didn't it? Well, win, lose, or draw, you can always say you looked at you looked at such a good looking man. So it was all good. No, brilliant, and obviously the game itself, a bit of a, a game of two halves. I would sort of put it down to Mark. What did you think? Yeah, it was. It was a. Although we controlled the game, and and we never really looked overly overly bothered by them. It, it seemed as if we were trying to at times kind of try and walk the ball into the back of the net, whereas a lot of us were just screaming, somebody had a shot for God's sake. So it seemed as if we were trying to be far too intricate rather than um, rather than just somebody having a clout at it, really. But um, yeah, it came of two halves. Um, but 
as I said, we've never really in any trouble. All the time my mom started making chocolate buttons was when they scored, which we'll we'll obviously get to, but um really, realistically, um, we were we were very comfortable and without without being clinical, if that makes sense. Um but and as I said, the game of two half, yeah, you're probably right, as I said, but I was never really never really in doubt that we were gonna we were only going to beat them, just seemed to lack a wee bit of urgency. No, I think the manager was clear as well that he sort of said the players were taking sort of three, four touches when they should be taking one and two and getting a shot away. So I absolutely agree with you in terms of maybe being a bit more ruthless in, in front of a goal. Uh, well, we, Mark sort of touched on the, the goal that we... In fact, no, let's talk about the goal that we did score. Um, obviously, Tillman comes on for uh, John Lundstrom, who pulled up, uh, came on and, and really did make a difference in that first half. Yeah, I was surprised that Tillman didn't start the game. And then I was even more surprised when um, when he came on for, for Lundstrom. I was expecting Kamara. I think everybody was expecting Kamara to come on. I mean, the manager said himself after the game, even the coaching staff were expecting him to put Kamara on. But he put Tillman on. And Tillman, to me, he's been our most consistent player the last few weeks. You know, I mean, I know I know we'll come, we'll come on to him later, but uh, I mean, the, the title of the show is five million, a no-brainer. I'm still getting on him. Um, I mean, terrific goal. Good move. Decent move. Uh, I thought Cantwell did really well to, to, to get the ball in and Morelos knocked on great goal. You know what I mean? And it was a great, great goal uh, from Tillman. It's what we needed. Right, I mean, any to score, but right on half time is a great time to score a goal, particularly against a team who think they've done their job sitting in, keep, keeping us quiet, you know? Um, yeah, terrific. Just fabulous. Just a great time to score a goal. De- decent goal as well. The one we lost, which I know we're coming to, the one we lost. Congratulations, Stephen Gillespie, on winning the first ever Rabble Lottery. Superb. What was the what was the jackpot? It was two, 2.5 million. Nice 2.5 million. Delighted. He's gone off his way, uh, Ross Wilson, for Malik Tillman in, in, in the summer. <laughs> Super. <laughs> no, so, yeah, I, well, if you, you mentioned, obviously, um, Tillman and Cantwell really delighted to see the, the the camaraderie afterwards. I think Cantwell put on his Instagram the connections going strong. We're having a picture a picture of him and, and Malik Coggan after the goal itself. Get to see that Mark has been a, as a, a key set of partnership moving forward for the rest of the season. I think so. I think with with the likes of um, excuse me with the likes of um, Haji coming back. Obviously, he's not. He's not going to. He's going to be a bit part player for the rest of the season. I would think trying to get him um, minutes and get him get him up to speed. So I think that that's pretty much going to be your your kind of your two tens as as the likes to kind of play. Um, I did notice that um, Cantwell was sitting a, a little bit deeper and it was coming. It was coming fairly deep sometimes as well to collect the ball. But um, so I, I think that he's he's playing that kind of role where he's he's meant to be supporting the ten. Um, but yeah, I think that once once the likes of Tillman, Cantwell, uh, even Raskin, once they get their, their feet under the under the table, as the saying goes, then I think we're we're expecting big things from them all. Uh, as it as they as they play more together, train more together, they'll get that kind of connection and and know which other's runs and, and stuff like that they do. So yeah, for the future, it's it's all good. It's all good, uh, especially if it, as it looks, he keeps he keeps kind of. Um, hinting that that he's Tillman's going to be here next season, doesn't he? So, uh, so it's all good, as I said, building up, moving forward. Oh, listen, Malik Tillman seems to be getting a lot of praise week in week out for the manager. Uh, he's not been shy in, in mentioning how good he's been, especially in the the, the last couple of games. So, uh, hopefully, it is one that's brewing in the background and does get done. Um, interesting, you mentioned there, Mark, about Raskin, and I know he only came on played a wee cameo, but the the manager said today. Um, he sees him more as an eight than a six. Now, I was shocked by that. I personally thought he was going to be more of a sort of a Lundstrom Jack type, but it seems to me that the manager says if he's going to play a six, he'd be more like Stephen Davis. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I've, I've kind of looked at I've looked at him a wee bit, and, and the um, for me, I think he can do both. I think he can play an eight or, or a ten. I think that the major factor for me is, and probably... Probably he's watched his wee camo yourselves. That it looks as if he's got legs and he can get about the park, and and he's and he's he's 
willing to run as well. So I think that as an eight, it's pretty much what we've been looking looking for. This is somebody with legs because this season we've been very, very leggy in the middle of the park and it's been very pedestrian. So for me, somebody that's looking to, to play one-twos and move um, is going to be massive moving forward. So yeah, there's, there's positive signs all around, as I said. Looking into it, 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 it's very technical. I think that a lot of a lot of the press beforehand was saying he was a bit of a pit bull and liked to tackle and stuff like that. I think the definition of a, a pit bull and somebody liking, uh, liking a tackle in Scotland's a wee bit different from it is in, in Belgium. I think that I think that um, he's, he's probably a, a, a fancy a fancy Dan in Scotland, whereas he might be a pit bull in, in Belgium. But that's no no going to be the case when he's here. So. As I said, I think that uh, he's technically very good. Similar, as the the manager said, similar to um, uh, Kamara. So that kind of that kind of tight player. But for me, it's probably Kamara with better legs. If if I was to try and describe him to somebody that had never seen him before, so yeah, but it looks good. It looks very very promising. I mean, you can't really judge the boy in what ten minutes, eight minutes that he got. But I mean, let's let's get excited. Why not? No, definitely. Yeah, here we go. Uh, a £5 super chat for Aldo. Cheers, Aldo. Uh, I'll put this to you then, Wilf. Tillman is a must-sign. Kent re-signed. Cantwell, hopefully Alfie. Uh, we'll run a mock with these four. What do you think? Oh, Tillman, as I said a minute ago, Tillman 100% tomorrow. I mean, evening care, how are you? Off the substitutes bench. He's in. <laughs> Straight in. Straight in the first game there. Uh, oh, you said the catch you making a dinner, nothing like that. Anybody jump on and says, when we start on it, is it started? <laughs> Give it five minutes then. I right, sorry, Robert. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the manager's been pretty clever with the with what he's saying about Tillman because he's saying every single time he's, he's, he speaks to the media, he's saying he wants to sign him, which means if we don't sign him, he can say, Well, it wasn't my fault I wanted him. You know he can he can then pass the blame to somebody else if it if it does go pear shaped take the heat off himself. Hopefully it doesn't. I mean they say that I don't know how the deal structured, but there is a there's an opportunity to buy. I don't think it's an obligation to buy. It's an opportunity to buy. So I think the only thing that would stop it is if if Malik doesn't want to come, and I can't see any reason he wouldn't want to come because I mean he's he's loved here, and he seems to and he seems to love being here. So to me it's a no brainer now. I'm struggling a bit to understand the fee because the board have said there's 10 million ring fenced for him and Sands. Now, I don't think for a minute that it's 5 million each because Tillman's twice the player Sands is. We're led to believe Tillman's between 5 and 6 million. If it is, I would just... Whatever it is, if it's less than 10 million, I would just buy, I would just buy him anyway. But I think it's probably between 5 and 6 for, for Malik Tillman and I'd get the deal done as soon as possible. Before somebody comes into him and says, listen, say no to them and we'll give you three times the money because you're a hell of a player. Because I think that's the only thing that can stop the deal is if he's if the player says I don't want to come. Because the deals are the transfers already agreed between Rangers and Bayern, I think. But well, obviously the player still has to agree to come. No, listen, I think you make a great point there about you know he's loved the Ibrooks care. Um obviously get his own song as well. Do you think that's gonna play a massive part in actually getting him over the line if somebody was to come sniffing? But his song. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to say for himself. I think it just depends how much he enjoys playing with Rangers, how much he likes spending time in Scotland, and if he can see himself staying here for that couple of years. I mean, a lot of will come into factors. I think football wise, he can see he's happy. He can see he's getting better each game. He's still got a lot of development to do in his game, and he's got a lot of learning. But at this moment in time, you would you would sign him tomorrow, wouldn't you? If he was available and if he wanted to put pen to paper. So I think it's a one win for Angels because I think he'll improve our team, but also on the business side of the club when they'll get money back from him, more than they buy him for. So I think either way it's a one win. So it's up to the boy himself. But going on to Will's point about James Sands, I think in Sands' money was just because that's what New York City obviously agreed with Angels at the time. And every club value their players at something. And he was playing well with them and he was in the US team or the squad. And they probably thought, well, he's worth about four million. Sadly, it's not worked out for him. I thought he was, he was okay when he came in under Gio. He was getting more game time, but since Michael Bills came in, he's not had a lot of game time compared to Malik. And to be fair to James Sands, he came in as a defensive mad, and he's never really been given a chance to play there. 
it's always been more of a centre-back, which he does okay, but he does struggle. So I think he's the one that will probably go back and you were saying, I see you saying Malik Tillman tomorrow. No, listen, just I on that, guys. Just on that, guys. See, see if, see if they they could renegotiate um, a fee for Sands. See if they said to us, "Give us one point five million. Would you take him?" It's a no from Kerr. Nah. <laughs> no, you Wolf. It's a no from Wolf. Nah. No, no. I think a telling sign the is. Problem is, the problem is seem... Sorry, Wolf. Sorry, Robert. The problem is the problem is Mark that, as you say, we we signed him as a, a defensive midfield player, and we've not seen him there. So, on what I've seen him in his preferred position, I wouldn't sign him because I don't know what you can do there. He certainly I certainly wouldn't bring him in as a centre half because he's never a centre back in your life, and we've not seen him play in his preferred position. And as Robert was going to say, there, Michael Beale's hardly played him, and he sees him every day. That's so, it. That's. I think I think that back three can maybe do a job in the middle of the centre halves. I think that's probably his preferred position. I think to just sit there, like the Americans call it the quarterback role. I think he could probably do that really well. But I just think he'd probably better come back to where he was, enjoying his football. He might get a move somewhere else because I think I think he has a good footballer. I just don't think it suits the way we play. No, that's definitely a fair comment. I think um, just I wanted to go back to to asking <clears throat> Mark and you were sort of saying before about um, him obviously you know looking like a player. With Lundstrom possibly injured and out, um, does that give Raskin a, a wee punt into the team quicker than he might he might have got? Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that we need to be careful with him because he's not played a lot of football and to fling him, to fling him in um, straight away to start games and stuff, you're maybe asking for him to get a wee injury, which would, which I mean, touch touch everything, touch wood, touch. That that's not the case, but I mean, I I just think that you need to ease a boy into it, into it. Maybe give him half an hour next time, so forth, so on, and then and then kind of ease him into ease him into a full ninety minutes. But you might be right; they might just go out, fling him right in. Um, he, he done it with he done it with Cantwell, so maybe as I said, the boy I think the boy had half a half a day's training session with, with his teammates, and he, he's he's flung him into the squad and brought him on as well, so. There might be that possibility. For me, I would I would be treating a young boy with kid gloves at the moment. Okay, no, that's fair cop. I think that's. Um, I, I disagree I, with I, that. I'd be, I'd be start. I'd be. I'd be. Sorry, Robert. Sorry, to cut across you. Okay. I'd be. I'd be starting him. He's he's got a week's. He'll have a week's training under his belt. It's Partick Thistle in the cup. I'd be throwing Raskier on and saying, look, see see how long he can last. If you give us another brilliant, if you if you're knackered after forty five minutes, take you off at half time because. You know what I mean? We've got we've got five subs to use. I know the manager said he's probably not going to be using five subs all the time going forward, but Sunday's a great opportunity to do it. Partly Thistle in the cup. It shouldn't be too difficult for us. I mean, I would start asking and just say, look, give us go go give yourself some game time. We'll give you maximum an hour. If you're knackered before that, we'll take you off. But if you can last, great, and then see how it, then take it from there. See how it is after that, because I don't think we'll be playing particularly too much at Livingston. The following game, given the state of that bloody pitch. Ah, you may you may be right. No, just just on that, yeah. How long is is, is Lundstrom actually had a had a scan? Do we know what's actually going to be going on with him? I don't know. The manager's not spoke today. Is that that's right? I don't know. No, he said he said yesterday that he just took a. Well, they say he said yesterday that he took a, he took a knock. He he jabbed his ankles, blocking a shot. But he left the ground. Apparently, he left the ground in one of these moon boots. So right. I'm assuming that's just a precaution. But to me, if if he's if he's got his ankle in a moon boot, I don't think we'll see him at the weekend. But I don't know because they haven't come out and said anything, and I don't know come out and say anything in the press conference on probably Friday. You'll probably yeah, get a check at some point this week. You'll probably yeah. maybe up at a hospital today and check. But football professional football players go in moon boots for any reason. It's just to protect them. For when they leave ground to get to get back home, do you know what I mean? I think well, well shit, we might just been may have just jammed it, staved it, whatever you want to call it, maybe just bruised the bone. But I don't think about it for a while, but I suppose it is Rangers are talking about. So I happened to Lawrence when <laughs> I've not seen him since. So it could be any time we're we're we're, we're uh, staff. So hopefully he's not. But 
if he has them, we just have to go on and go, mate. We've got Kamara, we've got Jack, and we've got Raskin now, so I don't think it'll be too much of a risk. Miss. Before you, before you jumped in, Kerr, uh, we were t- actually talking about the game on Saturday, and we're just getting uh, putting the first half to bed. So I'll come to you. The goal we concede, um, I'm, I'm going to say it's typical Rangers because it's the it's, it seems to be the set of goal we've been we'll be conceding. You look at uh, Rugby Park, for instance, a ball in the box and centre halves in the goal, are nowhere to be seen. So. Um, what do you think is the problem there at the back at the minute? It's just one of the goals that I still say put a goalkeeper behind the back four who's consistently there and somebody they can basically trust. You'd have better trust when you're keeping your back four, and that trust has been there for a couple of seasons. Last season it was poor, this season's worse, and changing goalkeepers week in, week out doesn't help either. So I think that could be the reason, but it was like. Joe McLaughlin give a shout to say mine. I don't know if he shouted to come for it. Or did the defender go for it and miss it? I don't know. I know. We all know Jordan White's good in there. Besides him, he's a big block. But it's just one of the goals. It was, it could have been avoided. But teams know that when the players, they've known that for the last few while, last season and this season. They get out wide and put the balls in the box because they know a lot of time we make a pig's ear it. Do you know that way? So it's just one of the ones we usually do. We're getting better. Defending set pieces, but you have to look at a keeper, don't you? And I'm not being a fan of John McLaughlin. I think he's a good squad goalie, but that's that for me. And I've said that for the very start. I don't think he's a number one for anybody, and even Rangers. Just think throughout his career, you can see he's not put a lot of games as number one. He went to Sunderland and kind of get dropped. So to me, if you go to Sunderland, then you kind of get a game down there or something up where you can send them a poor at a time. So no, he's not for me. So I think we need a new keeper. But I was thinking McGregor to win the season. And before anybody puts in the comments, I know he's not the Alan McGregor we were used to. I know he will make mistakes. But out of the three keepers we've got, I would stick with at least McGregor. You have to stick with one of them. You can't chop and change. Doesn't help. That makes matters worse for me. No, listen, cheers to Brian for the £5 super sticker there. Thanks, Brian. Um, I Just on the goalkeeper, I think uh, the manager had came out after the game and I, I don't know if he defended McLaughlin, but he certainly didn't throw him under the bus. He said it was more of a sort of a collective thing in terms of defending. He said, John's no, we've no lost a game since I've been here with John in the goal. So um, I think he maybe backed his goal a wee bit and then said <clears throat> that McGregor's still the number one and we won't see as much chopping and changing because we've not got the midweek games coming in, Will. So... Um, who do you think will start and go on, on, on Sunday? It's got to be, it's got to be McGregor. I mean, McCrory's still injured. I mean, that just sums up the other injury luck uh, towards the tail end of last calendar year because our third-choice goalkeeper got injured not playing games and he's been out for ages. And they were saying he's still two or three weeks away from even getting back to training. So he's not an option for the foreseeable future. But every time McLaughlin's had a chance, he's thrown one in. Although, as the manager says, we haven't lost any games with him in the goal, but we've lost an awful lot of really silly goals. So, going by the manager's comments that he won't be rotating keepers, it's got it's got to be Greasy back in and just play him. I think the next time we'll see we'll see any change in goal unless McGregor is injured or suspended will be the first week in March when we've got three games in a week because he doesn't seem to like playing a goalkeeper three games in a row for whatever reason because we've got whatever, either, either side of the weekend than Hibs. So I think then we might see McLaughlin back in or McCrory if he's fit by then. But I think for the foreseeable, it's going to, it's, it's got to be McGregor. Just to say that off though, sorry, uh, guys, for putting in here, but why does he not like to play a keeper three games a week? To me, a goalkeeper does he do as much, especially at Rangers, as other outfield players. So why not play him three games in one week? I don't... I. I would I agree with you, Kerry. I would be exactly the same. But I mean, going by going by his comments after the game when he was talking about the goalkeepers, he was saying he changed it because they're playing three games in a week. Whether McGregor's body can't handle it because he's forty-one now, and if that's the case, he shouldn't be. Well, he shouldn't be here anyway. I don't think. No, no, but, he shouldn't be here. You know, but he's obviously he's obviously to me he's telling us that McGregor's body can't handle three games in a week. So I don't know. That's that was just the comments he made that there won't there won't be any rotation. There won't be so much rotation because. There's no midweek games. So you have to put that down to the fact that McGregor, who's the number one, he's, he said consistently McGregor's number one, that his body can't handle three games in a week because it's noticeable that he play he plays the two, then gets the one off. It's not he doesn't get the one in the middle off. It's not like he got dropped midweek or rested midweek and played both weekend games. It's not like we've got a weekend keeper and a midweek keeper. It seems to be McGregor played the two, then got the Saturday off. 
So I don't know, but to me, the next time, the next time we're going to change keeper is around about the first week in March when we play Hibs, and hopefully McClory's fit with them and we can see what he can do. Mark, after the the equaliser, um, come Hibs Rush County should I say had a, a bit of, sort of foothold in the game. I thought they had probably their best spell. Um, then Rangers got get the free kick and work managed to work at a second goal. Um, Connor Goldson. Obviously, he won the free kick. I thought he was magnificent um, the whole game. I really thought he defended well. He played really high up the pitch. What are your thoughts on the big man at the minute? Obviously, since you come back into the side and obviously since Michael Beale's taking over. I think I think probably a big part of the fact that he's he's doing well is um, I, I think the boys next to him. I think Davies has, has made him look more assured because... He's he's quite a, a, a kind of calming influence at the back as well, and I think that I think that a lot of the time Goldson was too busy worrying about who was playing at the side of him to actually concentrate on his own game, and I think probably that's when it started the season he had a wee dip in, a wee dip in form, um, and obviously usual getting dogs abuse for the fans, but I think that um, a lot it's to do with his partner. I think his partner, um, I think the big fella's playing playing really well, calm, composed. Um, and he looks pretty good as well. So I think that they're starting to make a nice, a nice partnership together, the two of them. So for me, they're looking, they're looking solid. But more importantly, they're looking, uh, they're looking calm, calm and composed. And, and as I say, there's no that kind of frantic, um, well, shanking balls at the park and and giving away stupid, stupid passes and stuff like that. So for me. I think he's getting back to where he should be. As I say, that we kind of know where he is. Um, we know how good he is at, at points. So, yeah, no, I think I think as I said, he's he's doing really well. I think the the, the whole defense is starting to look good, and it's uh, it's great what happens when you get a settled back four in it. It's something that we've not had all season. So, and it just shows you for me, as I say, they're they're improving every game. No, it's blessing. I'm with you. Settled back fours. Miles and miles better than what we had at the start of season, chopping and changing midfielders playing at the back as well. So uh, interesting. I don't know if anyone saw. His, he, there was a quote from him uh, today doing the rounds, um, just on about saying, "You look at people who've left the club. Are they happy? Uh, I don't think I could now play for a team that wins once every three, four, and five games. I just don't think I could mentally take it because when I lose a draw a game here, it's like the end of the world. Is that care a rallying cry to the boys that might be having one eye on an exit with a contract coming up? It could well be. I just can't express his opinion. I think, I think when you play with Rangers, you're under different pressure. And maybe a rebo is it, or Southampton, or Bash is it, Ajax. So it could be with maybe fingers to the two if I leave him, or Nathan Patterson struggling at Everton. Maybe he's saying that I'd be dig it, not a dig, but I'd be saying to say to Kent and then Morelos make up your mind and stay here. But at the end of the day, the guys do what they do there for themselves. They don't do it for anybody else. If they want to go, they go. If they want to stay, that's fine. But Rangers are a football club. No matter who the player is, it will continue to go forward. And we change players all the time. That's how sometimes it's not great getting a pair when I was younger, getting a player in the back of your shirt because they end up leaving. But it's just one of the things. Connor's captain, I think. He will no captain, vice captain. So I think he just likes to make a statement and he's playing really well. And I think he probably looked at the criticism he maybe received at the start of the season to various places and thinking, maybe. He's not, as, he's not as good as you think he is, but I think Conor Golson's are still our best defender. I thought that last season, the season before, and I still think that. I think with him there, they're a different side than it when he's not there. And I think you've seen that when he was injured. And I think Ben Davis has helped him because, like Mark said, Ben is he's very composed and composed and assured. So I think you're turning together. And the more they play together, the more success they're going to get. But the only thing is, the more they play together and they get to continue to get better, Teams could have an eye name as well because they could come in with an offer for either of them. And that's what you want, but you want your post to be noticed by the clubs because then they're doing well for you. Do you know that way? And everybody's got a price at the end of the day. But no, it's good to see him saying things like this and it's good to see he's happy here. And listen, Connor Golson, like I said earlier, if he's fit, he's a first name in the team sheet probably for the manager. So I'm happy with his comments. But as for Alfie and Ryan Kent, I think one will stay and one will go. And hopefully it'll be Kent this day's. Well, I wanted to come to you about the substitutions in the game, and, and it's led to a comment that got a bit of press uh, from Michael Beale after the match. Um, he said that he, ch- he maybe changed one or two who'd come on and weren't necessarily playing for themselves, 
but weren't um, in tune with the rest of the team. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's quite a quite a strange quite a strange comment. I mean, they're only going to get in tune with the rest of the team if they're actually if they're actually playing games with them. I mean, that's the whole, you know, like we've just said about the back four. They're playing well because they're playing consistently every week. The four of them are playing together every week. So if you're bringing in players, particularly in advanced positions, when you're when you're chasing a goal, which we were to some extent on Saturday, if you're not used to playing together, you haven't played a lot of minutes together. It does take it does take a minute or two, you know tune with each other so they're probably not in tune together the more interesting comment he made for me was when he, was when he, that defending when he brought on Tilt, when he brought on Tillman he said that it was the right thing he thought at the time but he maybe overloaded the front area now to me you can't have too many attacking players on the pitch but I, I think I know what he was trying to say and that there wasn't a lot of room and they're all kind of running into the same space all the time which makes which makes it difficult you know so it's nice that he sees that you know um I just hope it doesn't mean going forward that he's going to make more defensive substitutions. I mean, I, th- I thought when, Kim- when Kamara came on, it completely killed, it killed the game's dead. I know why he brought him on. He brought he brought him on, you know, to try and free up more space up front. But I think that just killed the game's dead for me. No, I think as well, it's, he alluded to maybe no using the five subs as much. He, he, he said something for me that was a bit worrying. He said trying to keep players happy um, was maybe one of the reasons for bringing on so many. But I think Mark going forward, if you've got the jersey, you've got to try and keep it, right? I think that's the way it works. I think that's the way it works with Bill, definitely. Um, for me, that's that's always been a case. I'm a wee bit old school, and, and if you're doing a business, then it's your jersey to lose. And, and for me, that's how it should be in football. Um, I, I don't think you can you can afford to have passengers and people that are that are guaranteed a shot, as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's, for me, it's a big no-no. But I'm not too sure who it was angling that at. I really don't. I don't know. It's a it's, it's a bit of a strange one, as I said. Sometimes it it says a wee bit more than it should, which which is always good because it beats um, sitting. I remember sitting talking about um, Geo's press conferences, and it was like halfway through his press conference, I'd start looking at my phone and start, and then and then no hear half of what he was saying because it was the same recycled months, but. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange comment. A couple of his, his comments are a wee bit strange, but it's, it, I think he's, I think he's, he's kind of, he's playing a wee bit of mind games with the squad as well, saying, "Look, you better get your finger out. If he's only, if he's only competing and he's only showing me that he's doing well, then he's only going to be here. So simple as that. And, and uh, for me, I love that attitude. I think that's great. Well, but for me, the only person he could probably end that comment at is Kamara. Tolman was on after eleven minutes. The other two at the end get nine minutes and. We all know it takes more than nine minutes to get involved in a football match at times because yeah. you have to up to speed again, first of all. So the only one was Kamara after 60 odd minutes. So that was the only person I think he came to that. Kind yeah, of asking a troll like, and told me made a difference in the come on, I thought. So it's only Glenn Kamara he's aimed at that. Nobody else, in my opinion. Do you think Glenn Kamara is a better player starting the game? I think Glenn Kamara does a job. I think sometimes a lot of work he does goes unnoticed and he's not going to be one of these guys who'll stand out in a part because... He's not a fair player. You see him at times he'll be going forward and the body movement and stuff, but he cleans up. He, he marks players as I know, get any positions to mark players so the ball doesn't go down that way, so the team the other team have to move the ball the other way. So it does a lot of good work off the ball, Glenn. So I think he's very underappreciated. And I think I thought he'd done all right when he came on. I know we'll say they slows the game down, but he kind of does that, and it was probably in our favour because County had a bit of, a wee bit higher tempo in their game at the time because they get a wee boost, but I don't know who, uh, unless it was Kamara, uh, unless he said it's not Kamara, and I don't know who that comment was aimed at, unless he just said that a just, but I don't know why he would. So I think it was aimed at Glenn, which I think is not really fair. So I think he done that bad. I think I'm going to say he done, he done great. I mean, Raskin get nine minutes, and everybody's applauding him, but he can't just someday in nine minutes. If it was anybody, I mean, Scott Wright get, you know, Cholak get nine minutes, didn't he? We're not applauding him. And I, didn't, I thought he'd done all right when he came on as well, but. I think it should be called Nicholas Raskin first time to see him. Everybody was getting a bit over OTT and that. And I was happy to see him as well, to be honest with you. But I just think the comments aimed at Glenn, which I thought if it is too, then it's a bit unfair. Well, just coming back to pick up from Mark, I think he was on about the manager. I think uh, Michael Bill's finally sussing out his players, sussing out his squad. I know he had sort of praise for, for just Tillman and, and Cantwell, saying that those two are arguably the best players on the pitch. Meaning they'll probably keep their jersey for Sunday. Do you see major change getting this cup game? 
I'd be very surprised if major change because, I mean, as I said earlier on, it's with the greatest respect to Patrick Thistle, we, we should be able to make, make a number of changes and take care of Thistle. Uh, especially at Ibrox, if it was that, if it was that far hill, maybe, maybe not so much because it's a totally, you know, it's a tight, it's a tighter pitch and different environment. But the Ibrox, particularly because you can have five subs, you can have the big hitters on the bench, and if you need them, you bring them on. You know, not ideal, but if you need, but you can make, you can make, make a lot. Change. You'll change the goalkeeper because, as we say, McGregor will come back in. I think McCrory would have started, but he's injured, so he can't. And I can't see him sticking young Kieran right in, who's been the the third travelling goalie, I really can't see him, so it's going to be McGregor, I think. Back four, I think the back four will stay the same, just for consistency. I think there'll be a few changes in the front, in the front half of the field. Um, as, I, as I said um, earlier on, I'd, I'd be starting Raskin just to see how long he lasts. Poss- possibly alongside, possibly alongside Cantwell. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be starting Cholak because he needs a game, he needs a game time. You know, I'd give, give Kent a rest because he could do with a rest. You know, I think there could be there could be a number of changes on Sunday. Just to finish up on the, the Ross County game, I'm, I'm a bit gutted actually, Brian's loan because he loves a bit of controversy when it comes to the man in the middle. So, um, the Morelos booking, Kerr, what did you think of that? He's booking. Aye. Slightly, he went in the boy, didn't you? Sort of, I don't even make it I was, yeah, I watched on the TV because I was I was actually busy on Saturday because I had someone at night, but. I can't remember, Robert. I apologise. Any, <laughs> any other boys there? I I have got no idea what you get booked for. I didn't even think it was a, from what I was saying. I didn't think it was a foul. I've heard people say it was a foul, but there's no million years it was a booking. I mean, the referee as soon as Morelos made the challenge, the referee was in his top pocket. The referee was he, he was absolutely howling. I mean, there was one one of the Rose County players got booked about thirty seconds from the end of the game for a very innocuous challenge. What was the point? What was the point of pulling the yellow card out other than to say, look at me, I'm the referee? It was nothing. It wasn't It wasn't a booking it, to me. You know, and that's like, that's like a, an, op- an opponent that's fouled one of my one of my team's players. To me, you could possibly argue it's a booking with 30 seconds of the game left. What's the point? I just don't get it. But the one the boy Callan flew through there. I know he never, never caught the Rangers player, but that was a booking to me. Because the boy Callum jumps in in a tackle, but he misses him. Yeah. But he got up, he studs yeah. up, and if he hits him, that's a bad injury. Do you know what I mean? But the referee mm-hmm. never. But you've seen players getting booked for that before because the intensity, even though you don't make a tackle, the intensity. Yeah. So why did he not get booked? Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, I was, I mean, I was, I mean, I was screaming for him. We could be, we all sat, sat there, looked at each other, and like, why is he not booking him for that? That's a hard. That, if he catches him, he puts him in hospital. You yeah. know what I mean? And I mean. I don't particularly like, like starting on referees because they're, they're all really bad. But he was he was absolutely oh he was terrible. The guy on Saturday you, was it you and Anderson I think it was. Oh he was he was absolutely shocking. Just I mean the, the Morales tackle you're talking about Robert. As soon as he saw who it was, his hand was straight in the pocket. You know what I mean? Without right. a, without no a hesitation. Thought, it's as if he couldn't wait to book him. You know? No no hesitation at all. Look at me. I'm big. I'm, I'm big and big. I can book a friend of Morales. You know what I mean? I mean I. I think we, we make substitutions sometimes because players have got daft bookings that aren't really bookings just in case they get sent off. You know, certainly I think the referee's forcing out their hand because some of our bigger players, and I think it'll happen to Cantwell, I think in the not too distant future we're going to get a ridiculous booking and we'll have to take them off because the referee will be looking to make a name for himself for sending them off. And that's it shouldn't be like that, but that's just Scottish referees for you. No, you're absolutely right. You shouldn't build that. Um, just to, to come away from the game, a lot's been made afterwards about, I think we'll call it the Subway Loyal. Uh, fans leaving early, guys. It, it rears its head once or twice a season. Um, Will, no doubt you were at the game. Mark, were you at the game on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, I was there, yeah. Did you, did you, I saw somebody put a tweet saying, oh, Ras, you know, on about Raskin's debut, and they said, oh, it was great, great for him to walk out in front of 22,000. So what was it like, and when were they, when were they leaving from, Mark? So just on that, people's circumstances are different. Whatever, I mean, I've I've left slightly early when I've had my boys with me. If I've got my kids with me, then it's it's one of those where if you've got two young kids or even one young kid, the amount of bodies coming out of Ibrox, it's it's no, it's it'd be dead easy to lose them. Do you know what I mean? So I've I've shifted probably five eight minutes to go. I've went early just to kind of beat the rush. So everybody's everybody's um, 
everybody's uh, individual individual thing is 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 different circumstances is different. So, um, but for me, I want to watch a game. I'm paying money to go and watch a game. I want to see my team doing well. I'm wanting when the final whistle goes. I want to clap my team off the park. So that's for me. I think it's a personal thing. Um, I don't think that people leaving in droves is a good thing. I don't. I don't think it sends a good message to the players. But um, it is what it is. It's one of these things. You, I mean, you can't. You can't. It's people's prerogative. They pay their money. It's like. It's like my, one of my pet hates is when you go and there's guys screaming and shouting abuse at their own players. I'm there to support my team. Let's support them. All right, you might not be happy with them with the, some of the things that they're doing, but support them first and foremost. You, you pay your money, they're, they're part of your team. Whether they're playing, having a howler or whether they're playing amazing, let's support them. But as I said, they pay their money. It's up to them what they do. If they want to leave early, well, let them leave early. I couldn't care less. It's not, if I want to stay, I'll stay. If they want to go, let them go. I'm, I, I couldn't care less. I really couldn't. Well, just on what Mark says there, I, I read a tweet, some some guy saying there was a guy up next to him in the club deck that was shouting at Morelos from minute five to, to minute 95. Um, I mean, I know we all have the odd moan, but what do you say to these guys that go to the game and sit there just pinpointing one player precisely and, and going at them for the full match? As Mark says, that's their prerogative. I mean, that's what they want to do. I mean, I'm, you know, it, it annoys me somebody does that and if I'm sitting near me, I might have a word and say, look, give a guy a break. But at the end of the day, it's up to them. I mean, as for folk leaving again, Mark's, Mark's 100% spot on. It's entirely up to each individual. I mean, the guy, the old guy, my, my old mate Tommy that sits beside me, he's struggling with his mobility at the moment due to due to illness and stuff like that, but he's still determined to come to the games. So 20 minutes to go, he's leaving because he has to because he can't stand in subway queues. You know, he's like, he, he needs to get himself on the subway in a seat on his way back home with Dumbarton because standing in a subway queue is going to cripple him. And, he doesn't like to leave early, but he knows he has to at the minute. There is people like that, circumstances like that. The thing that bothers me about, pe- about the people that that leave on 80, 85 minutes every single week is in the bigger games, they don't. So, you know, like maybe a Celtic game, a lot of them don't leave early. A big European night, a lot of them don't leave early. So what's the difference? Why, why is their circumstances so different, you know, half a dozen times a season when, when it's a massive game? It's up to their choice. Somebody made a point there that it does take, you know, it can take you upwards of an hour to get onto the motorway if you're in a car, you know. The subway queue can be really long, you know. it's Some people have got have got to leave to go to work. There used to be a guy sat beside me going back maybe 10 or 15 years ago and he left on 80 minutes every single week because he had to get to the airport to fly back to Belfast. That was every week he had to do that, you know what I mean? Fair play to the guy for making the effort to come all that way, no one finds missing the missing the end of the game. There isn't thousands of people in that um, in that situation, but it's up to, it's up to each individual. I hate I hate leaving. Early. There's been the odd occasion I've had to leave early, and I've absolutely hated it because I don't like missing kickoff and I don't like not being there at full time. But that, that's me. Marks, I know Marks the same. You know, it's just one of them. Well, I, I was up for the, the St Johnston game and I, and I managed to sit in the BF1, so I was quite close to Union Bears for the probably for the first time really. We usually sit in other parts of the stadium. It's, be, it's sort of been sort of muted again. Would Ibrooks care be the same without them? Would there be any atmosphere in the ground? Because we've got the atmosphere in the big European nights. The old firms take care of themselves, but you're running the mill games. It's all coming for that corner, isn't it? It has, but Rangers are the only team affected by this. A lot of stadiums are the same and. Yep. People got up for diff- people got up for different games. They get excited for different games. Celtic games take care of themselves. European nights are different. We all know that. But on a Saturday or a Sunday when you're Ibrox against Ross County, St. Martin, Motherwell, the Union Bears will sign for a minute. Some people join in, some people don't. It's just everybody's everybody's different. We're not setting up in the Brimmo and Rear, so I hear the, I hear Union Bears constantly as well. And if you're on the air, it would be a very quiet stadium at times, but because I'm just up above them. It's quite loud to me, but I know what you're like. If you're in other parts of the and nobody else joins in, then it is quite quiet. I mean, I remember going when I was younger, I used to stand in the West Enclosure, so but before it gets seated, and that was a great time because you never you never stand in the same spot all through the game because every time you scored, you get moved with the crowd. So when you finish jumping about, you're in a different spot again. Do you know that way? So 
That was good back then, but football just... Show your age, mate. <laughs> I don't need to show my age, you can see my age. <laughs> football is just different nowadays. That's how I always prefer, I just always prefer to this and that football's changing, I think, and people are sitting, people like to come sit in comfort and just watch it. It's like, and they go, for some folks are like going to the cinema, going to the theatre, get entertained, but sometimes, I mean, I, when I, I'm up the very back row, so nobody can, if anybody stands up, I'm fine, because I, I can still see, but people don't like people standing up and singing. In some places you go, yeah, but it's like they tell you to sit down or whatever. So it's just football fans in general. But I agree with that. Sometimes it is like a church, but other, other times it's rotten because it's not just Rangers, it's every stadium. That's how a lot of football teams have got these ultras, as they call themselves, to make noise because some other fans don't. Mark, would you link that though? To, to result performances. Sorry, Wilf. You just don't because obviously you, you're, the, you're at the Leipzig game. The, the, the ground's electric and it's driving the team. It's pushing the team. So do, do you link that into some of these sort of below par displays against the weird teams at home? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that I think that it's it's up to the 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 players to to get us off our seats. So best way to do that is put the ball in the net. You'll get people singing two or three nothing up. Everybody's happy. Everybody's uh, relaxed. Everybody's what to sing. So, as I said, for me, the crowd was very, very similar to the team uh, on the park because they they were they were very lacklustered and they were very kind of as I said, they lack tempo and see that tempo as well. See when the team comes out and they start knocking it about and moving it quickly and and running off the ball and it, it's exciting to watch. So. As you get excited, obviously the the atmosphere generates from that as well. So, I mean, it, for me, it's up to. I, I'm not want to go and sit there and go right, hurry up, entertain me. But that's a big party. If they're playing well and they're they're um, they're streaming forward and we're creating chances here, there, and everywhere, and it's an exciting game to watch. Then that gets everybody up, and it gets the crowd a wee bit noisier as well. So definitely, definitely, the players have got a part to play in that as well. Wolf. Yeah, they, oh, they, def- they definitely have, and that and that's right. I mean, that's comment from Stevens, right? It is a, a two way street, but I mean, going back to the the, it must be the moral players if they're two or three goals up and the ground starts to empty, they go one should die. You know, really, is the way I would look at that. But I mean, the whole the whole atmosphere thing. Ker- I mean, going back to what Kerr was saying. I used to love I used to love the terrace. I mean, when I first started going to Ibrox, I went into the into the enclosure as well, and it was great. But the, but then it wasn't all season tickets. Ibrox wasn't full all the time. You could go into the game with your mates. You just pay at the door and go in with your mates. So those busloads of folk going in together, and you're more likely to sing and make an atmosphere if you're comfortable with the people around about you, as opposed to you don't really know the folk around about you. You know, you're going to be a bit. A lot of people will be a bit more reserved. So you'll get. I mean, I don't sit with the guys I go I travel to games with. And there's thousands of people in the same boat. Whereas in the, the pre-soonest days, if you like, going, going way back there, and I am showing my age, you know, you, you were all going down, you were, you were paying at the door, you were all going in together, you were sitting or standing together. And there was more, it's like an away game, you go in an away game, even the atmosphere at away games has tailed off a little bit because supporters clubs aren't getting the same allocation of tickets they used to get. When supporters clubs were getting busloads of tickets, they were all going in and standing together because it was all terrace and everybody stood together. You knew everybody and you egged each other on and you all had a bit of crack together. Whereas now, even if a supporters club's got 20 tickets, they're probably in 16 different parts of the ground or 16 different parts of the stand. So you don't really know everybody. And a lot of people are a bit more reserved. The big games take care of themselves because everybody's really, really hyped for it and the whole place is bouncing. But they're on the mill games because you're not with the people that you're pally with. And the other thing as well, where Ibrox is concerned, you know, we've all got those of us have got season tickets the only thing we see the folk around about is more or less is at the game you know so a lot of folk catch are catching up with their pals if you like at the game oh the boss has appeared I must be I must be rambling the boss has appeared Martin no 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 good evening everybody hello how are we very 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 quickly as most people watching know most regular viewers know that the Rangers Rabble will be going full time um, towards the end of pre-season, start of next season. Um, and in order to do that, we need your support, the people watching. Um, we need people to join up uh, as members. The website will be coming soon. Everybody will, will know what to do there. But we have also um, 
I'm delighted to say partnered again um, with Kitbag. Um, and I'm going to bring this up now. I've tried this before and it hasn't really worked out, but I will try it now. So, yes, um, thank you, thanks to the guys at Kitbag. If you use the link in the, des- in the description and use the code RABBLE20, you will get 20% off your order for all Rangers gear. And, of course, if you use the link in the description and use the code BALLER, um, you will get um, money off of other things as well. So there's plenty to look at on the website, but I'm going to give you a very, very quick example. Now, I'm not a size medium, as most people will know. Um, <laughs> but I don't know who's laughing there, because I'm currently at the web on the website just now. But please, please don't laugh at my size. That's not very nice. And you head to the checkout. And bear in mind, this is if you use the link in the description. You come to the coupon, but you type in Rabble20 and you get 20% off of your order so yes thank you to the guys at kitbag for uh, sponsoring and supporting the rangers rabble um we're hoping to get more sponsors on board but until then keep subscribing um keep sharing all that good stuff and help support the rangers rabble so thank you everybody for watching and i will hand you back over to the beautiful rob <laughs> cheers martin um no brilliant to have kitbag back on back on board smashing news um, sorry, just I didn't want. To, there was no, there's no old doom and gloom in, in the, the stands. I saw some, some, some positivity as well. It was a uh, Randallstown Rangers Supporters Club had a, a young Bears trip over for Ulster. Uh, all young guys looking at about age eight to ten. Uh, apparently a big success and a fantastic day. So there, there is good things happening inside the crowd, which is not all doom and gloom and, and, and people leaving early. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, well, if I'm going to come back to you, I know you've just sort of thrown your breath, but. We mentioned before Edmondson House news is broke today. Um, some gigs have been announced. Um, St Phoenix on the 31st of March, followed by uh, Callum Beatty on the 7th of April. Um, what do you know about that? And what do you think uh, about the club finally getting some some names on the board? I think it's as I said before we came on. I think it, I think it's very very shrewd of the club that the first two gigs are with with Rangers supporting entertainers, shall we say, because there'll probably be, I would expect, having worked in the entertainment business for a number of years previously, I would expect there will be teething problems, the first, the first, at least the first gig, probably the first couple of gigs. And if you get a big name act in or somebody that's not got Rangers leanings and there is one or two problems, they're likely to say, well, that was shite. Whereas, you know, if something goes slightly awry for hopefully they don't, but these things can happen. And that's bang on, Paul. They both will sell out. That's another another point. You know, if there are slight teething problems, I don't I don't think they'll particularly go to town singing 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 about it because it's their club at the end of the day. You know, but the other things that that, that they've announced in New Edmonton House, I think they've scored a slight own goal because the first thing they've got is a week on Sunday, the the gala opening dinner, one hundred and twenty pound a ticket. A wee bit racy, but that's what you pay for these things. Uh, and it's also going to be incorporating the latest inductees into the Hall of Fame. Now, that's brilliant. That's going to be fabulous because we're well overdue a Hall of Fame. It'd be interesting to see who the Hall of Fame inductees will be, and it's long overdue because of COVID. But to me, that could be two separate nights. A gala opening of New Emerson House at 120 quid a ticket, that will sell out, and a Hall of Fame dinner at 120 quid a ticket, that will sell out. However... Personally speaking, I'm delighted that they've got the two together because I've talked my missus into letting me go for tickets and there's no way I'd get to them both. So I'm happy enough that they're doing it together. But I just think they've, I think they've missed a pick. They could probably have sold out two separate nights on that. No, definitely. I think, as you say, there's also the uh, the Legends night as well after the, the Legends games at Ibrox. I think it's 25th of March. I think the ticket's still available uh, for that one. Um, so plenty of things coming up. Um, Paul Martin's putting in there a possibly a, a, li- a live rabble show. That'd be class if we could get that on the go, certainly over the line. Um, bit of sad news today as well. Um, obviously, the club lost one of their own, Billy Thompson, uh, goalkeeper for 94 to 96, and obviously came back as a, a coach uh, in the early 90s as well. You guys are all of a certain vintage, so I'm sure you'll have some memories. Mark, I'm going to come to you first. Um, share with the group what you shared in the, in the group chat earlier because I thought that was really, really, really touching. Yeah, I, I, uh, his, his mum was was my primary school teacher. Um, 
Lovely, lovely lady. I mean, it just shows you, because that wasn't yesterday when I was in primary school, so obviously it just shows you she had a, had a lasting memory uh, of her in my head, but really, really nice, really nice woman, um, and she was massively proud of her boy, absolutely massively proud of her boy. Um, obviously, me me being from, from Foxborough originally when I, when I grew up, and um, as I said, it was... It was Bridland Prime with it that she was um, she was a school teacher there so lovely 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 lady as I said massively proud of her boy so um, and the fact that I was a Rangers fan obviously endeared me even more to her so I think that she used to she used to tell some stories about him and stuff like that but what a lovely woman um, and obviously sad sad news he's fairly fairly a fairly young man as these things go as well so no great at all I, I don't know if um, she's still with us or not but um, to say condolences. Condolences go to um, go to her and, and the rest of the family. Well said, absolutely. Um, he didn't have a, 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 a lot of games under his belt for Rangers, but I did see a, a nice uh, quote from Craig Moore. He sort of said that when he came to the club, Billy was one of the guys that helped him get settled. Um, was really good to be about and and, and you know made him feel at home. So, um, care you'll have, have, have watched uh, Rangers for a, for a long time. Your thoughts on, on Billy and, and what he meant to the football club. Uh, similar to Mark, actually, because I was in bed on primary as well, and I met Billy because he came to a fair one day, and he was playing with St. Mermit at the time, and a lot, a few different small players came, and it was great talking to everybody. I knew his mum been a teacher, and his wife actually worked in the chemist in Paisley next to Manny, so when I used to always go in the shop, and she would get me signed gloves and stuff like that, so I knew I'd, I was in quite a lot of places where I knew somebody that knew him, vice versa, so I got a lot of his gear up the loft, and he was a really nice guy, Billy Thompson, he was a really good goalkeeper as well, I mean, he, put, he was in the Scotland squad, when he was at St Mern, which was a big feat back then, and he came at Rangers, he'd done well, he was a goalkeeping coach for us, and then I think he was at Kilmarnock, because he was a goalkeeping coach, a good bit on there, but you've seen today on social media how many other goalkeepers, I put a comment about him, i seen Xander putting one, Jamie Langfield putting one, i seen another couple of players, so I think he's just one of these guys who are generally a nice chap, he knew stuff about football, he was a really good goalkeeper, and Mark said he wasn't that old, he was only 64, so it's it's quite sad to hear. But like Mark as well, my thoughts and wishes, uh, wishes go out to you, all his family and friends, because it will be a big miss to them, and it's, it's, it's sad news. Absolutely. Uh, well, well, goalkeepers have been a, a massive talking point for, for the football club. Um, as I said there, Billy maybe made as many appearances at Rangers as he might have done because there was a great goalkeeper in front of him. Um, what are your, your memories of Billy and anything that jumps out in particular? I mean, he'll, I think he made, I think he only made seven appearances for the first team, I think. Um, but he, as I remember, he played against Juventus in the Champions League in '95 when they, they absolutely handed the last years, but it could have been a lot more. If it hadn't been for him, I mean, I seem to remember an absolutely wonderful save he made from Blavinelli in one of the, in one of the games. I think it was one of these Italians, anyway. And uh, but no, I mean, tre- tremendous goalkeeper uh, at the clubs. I mean, he played in the European final for Dundee United. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of Scottish keepers can say they played in the European final for anybody. You know, so that tells you how good, how good a keeper he was. Um, unlike unlike the other two boys, I didn't. I didn't grow up in Paisley and I didn't go to school where his mum was a teacher. But I, and I only had the, the the good fortune of meeting Billy once. I actually met him a number of years ago now when he was commanding school keeping coach. And I was outside the front door waiting for somebody and he came he came out to speak to somebody. And he was commanded training and I had my my my, my daughter was only me at the time and he got a photo with her and all that and he was absolutely brilliant. Although she was you know, although he was he was obviously the commandant coach, she was obviously a Rangers fan. He couldn't have been better. That's that's the mark of the man. He came out like that's an that's an opposition, whatever you know what I mean. But no, he was. I mean, he was he was instrumental in, in McGregor coming through because he was he was coach at Rangers uh, at the time. Greeks first started coming through, you know, and uh, that's all the legacy needs for the man. I mean, as as the lad said, you know, I mean, deepest condolences to all those close to him, to his family and friends. It's I mean, sixty four is no ways to go. You know what I mean? That's. That's horrible. You know what I mean, six, sixty-four is no age at all, especially not these days. No, listen, lads, you've put it beautifully there. Um, maybe I don't want to end on a sombre note. Uh, so we will just for the last couple of minutes talk about Sunday's game. 
listen, I know Partick's are doing as well in the Championship as maybe they thought they might be. However, it's it's a, a, a no-win situation for the manager in terms of if he wins a game, there's going to be no big pats in the back. Am I right? It's, it's another one you've got to go and get the, the win and get through it in the next round. On you go, Aye, Mark, you jump in, Ash. <laughs> Uh, no, I, th- I think I think it's probably a, a chance to give, uh, as as a couple of boys said earlier, give minutes to to a few of the players. Um, I see I see Cholak starting. Um, I think maybe maybe a perfect opportunity to give um, give Kent a, a rest, which which I don't think would do him any harm. Um, maybe Wright might come in and start a game as well. So I can see. So I said the more the more I think about um, Raskin starting because because Wolf's put it in my head now that might be might be the case. Um, so yeah, no, I can see it. I can see it, but same same as always. Can we can't look past anybody, especially in a cup? As I said, because we are a massive scalp, so it's definitely it's definitely something that we need to be professional about. And 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 I would hope whoever gets picked is going to go out there and and try and. Put on a show and and show the manager exactly what what they can they can give the team. So as I said, I, I don't think we should be looking past them at all. Okay, uh, Mark touched on uh, Tony Cholak. How how much does that man need a goal right now? He needs a wee boost of confidence. Would you agree? He does need a couple of goals. He needs to start a game and get some minutes under his belt and just to start get, just to start getting going again because at the start of the season he was scoring goals. So it was quite regular. And, he was keeping us in a lot of the games. I winning us a lot of games, so he has to get more games under his belt. I mean, I know Partey can play me on. I've seen him a couple of times this season. They won the great Cole McCannon. When I seen the once when I seen him, he was really good. He didn't play at the weekend. Cole, Cole when he get beat with Cove, so they're an average team. They're not they're not the best side in the league, but they're not the worst side in the league either. They'll come to Ibrox. Listen, they come to Ibrox going to enjoy themselves because they don't expect anything. So they'll come and enjoy themselves, enjoy the stadium. Our fans are by all, by all accounts sold all our tickets, so come and enjoy themselves. We just have to play the strongest team possible. Who he thinks is going to win the game doesn't matter if you're playing Paddock this or Dundee United or Celtic. You have to go out and play a team you think is going to win. So it'd be good if you could get a good few goals under the belt, and then maybe you can give us some of the young lads a minutes under the belt as well. But I think Michael Bill's going to have to start the strongest side, whoever that may be. But you can't take it lightly, no matter if you think Paddy Thistle was rotten or no. In the cup, we just never known. I'm like Mark and Malf. I still remember Hamilton Aki's few years ago and remember being at that game. And I know it wasn't great because we expected to win that game. And But I know it was a, you can say it was a one-off, but these things still haunt you. So we have to go play our strongest team, get the game done and just look ahead. Well, I'm going to give the final word to you. Um, the Scottish Cup... How important is that to Michael Beale this season? Both cup competitions are absolutely vital. I mean, he came, he's come in nine points behind uh, that other lot. We're still nine points behind him, so we've not we've not gained any ground, but we've not lost any ground, which is quite encouraging. Um, the cups are very important because he has to win. He he has to win one, and it would be very nice if he could win them both. I think the League Cup final is going to be a massive, massive marker if we can beat them. In, and that that's that sets down a great marker. But the Scottish I mean the Scottish Cup to win it we're probably gonna to have to beat them again. So chance you know what I mean? So that again be a big marker. But we yeah, we have to we have to win have to win at least one. And one and two would be a success for him coming in because to me this seat Michael Beale coming in's got um got pangs the of Alec McLeish come in when the, when the league was all but gone I won two cups then won us a treble I'll settle for that one the Michael Bill plus for the holders of the Scottish Cup so I'll have to keep it yes well said Kerr that's what you're on <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> right lads uh, no brilliant cheers for the night um, guided me through my first attempt at hosting it I hope I didn't do too bad uh, tomorrow night's Rabble Extra uh, if you're not a member how no um, 199 plenty extra content so get at that tomorrow night I think 8 o'clock um, no, I'm, no, I need to remember how to put the theme song on and see us away. But no, cheers for coming off the bench, Kate. Before, Robert, 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 sorry, Robert. Before you, before you, before you go, can I just point everybody in the direction of Double Women's Show, which is coming up in an hour's time, uh, at half past nine. Um, myself, Brian, and Car 
we'll be discussing the the two games, the Aberdeen game on Wednesday night and the Dundee game yesterday, uh, where I had the pleasure of standing beside uh, Nicola Doherty's parents at the game, and I was absolutely gobsmacked when Nick Doherty, senior Nick, uh, Nicola's dad, said, I know you for Rangers Rabble, and I love watching it. So, Nick, if you're watching, it's great to have you on board, young sir. It was great to watch the, watch the game with them. So that, that took me a bit, a, back, a bit yesterday. It's always it's always a bit kind of, when people say they see you, but when it's the, the parent of one of the Rangers players, you're a bit kind of, you know what I mean? Wow. You know what I mean? So, yeah, the ladies show in an hour's time. Um, myself, Brian and Carr. Carr's also going to show we doing most of the talking. So, just to point people in the direction of that. No, listen, and the numbers are looking great for that as well, Wilf, you said that, so it's fantastic to see. Um, yeah, cheers, lads. Enjoy your evening. And again, back tomorrow for Rabble Extra. Cheers, lads. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.